This is Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International, a non-denominational end times ministry dedicated to fulfilling a divine commission to trumpet forth warnings from God concerning the imminent second coming of Christ and the impending judgment of God upon the ungodly. God has sent Dr. Hansen to many nations of the world with a solemn warning to the political and religious leaders and citizenry to repent of their sinfulness and wickedness or face the catastrophic judgments that will soon be unleashed upon the unbelieving world. Listen now to the warnings of our compassionate and merciful Creator conveyed through His faithful prophetic spokesman, the host of Warning Radio, Dr. Jonathan Hansen. This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen. I want to welcome you to the radio program Warning. Also, if you're watching on television, social media, which includes Roku or Rumble, YouTube, as well as 40 podcast welcome. I have with me again for the second day. Yesterday we did slavery and sex trafficking. So if you did not tune in yesterday, you can go back and look at my website, www.worldministries.org and see the program, Slavery and Sex Trafficking. Again, Mary Solomon, Regional Director for the National Day of Prayer. She's a precinct officer for the Republican Party, as well as the author of the book, Government and Its People, How the Church Can Participate in Government. And today, Mary, we want to do civic responsibility and the church. Civic responsibility and the church. Now, Matthew 5.13 reads, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt have lost its savor, Wherewith shall it be salted? It is therefore good for nothing to be cast out, to be trodden under the foot of men. Mary, what is wrong with America? I could say it a different way. What's wrong with the church? Mary? Mm -hmm. Well, I think that there's a little bit of things wrong with the church, but the one that I'm focusing on, and of course the one that I wrote the book on, on government and the church, is I don't think they have a full understanding of their responsibility in the sphere of government, whether it be uh, city government, county government, state government, national government. I think a lot of Christians, well, you know, the old saying, even back when I was small, my dad at the table, good, strong, you know, Catholic man used to say, we don't talk about politics and religion. And it's like a cliche, and it's like a no-no, I don't know. But for many years, politics, it was a unseemly conversation around the table or with guests or at family holidays and things like that. But see, the thing is, is that politics is a very dirty business. And we're seeing that and we're seeing this getting more and more corrupt, or maybe it's always been corrupt, you know, since even the Romans. I mean, it's always just been full of corruption and greed, because it's not an earthly kingdom. But there's a difference between government and politics. That's, I think, where Christians miss the mark. Because the Lord says that in his word, that the government will rest on his shoulders, and to the end of his government, and to his government, there shall be no end. Well, what's 
really interesting if as we um, come into the New Testament, the scripture says that he is the head of the body and he's the head and we're the body. The church is his body. The Apostle Paul really goes into detail about that, about that Jesus is the head and that the body is the church and that we're supposed to build up the church and build up each other. Well, part of the body is the shoulders. And so if the government rests on the shoulders of Jesus, then it rests on his church. Governing authority rests on the shoulders of the church. And I think that one of the things that is wrong with the American church is they're abdicating so much of their authority and governing to people that are not Christ-like, that are not salt, that are not light. They don't have the wisdom of God. They don't have the knowledge of God. And yet they are allowed to lead our cities, our counties, our states. They're allowed to make these massive decisions over public safety, over housing, over where large groups of monies go. And why should people that don't know the Lord, don't have the wisdom of God and the knowledge of God, the discernment, why should they be the ones releasing and making all these major decisions on how we live every day of our lives and our communities? Well, totally. The Bible is very clear. It tells us that if evil men rule, the righteous are persecuted. If righteous men rule, the evil are brought to justice and the righteous prosper. So again, the Great Commission, go forth and make disciples of all nations, disciples, We're supposed to make disciples of all nations. I see trying to get the right people into office is our responsibility as a pastor. I'm a pastor to fulfill the Great Commission. Now, if I fail to take my responsibility, evil men rule. My nation suffers. My church suffers. My family suffers. I suffer. Yes. And if it goes so far, just like in Germany and China with Watchman Nee under communism, then the righteous not only suffer, They're killed. Yes. All over the world, the righteous have been killed, and more Christians are suffering and being killed in this generation, Mary, than all the previous ones, because things are getting worse. That's why the science of judgment, the book I wrote, The Science of Judgment, that's why judgment is coming on the world. Things are getting worse. And the Bible tells us very clearly, if God doesn't stop this insanity, no flesh will be alive. We got nuclear weapons and we're acting crazy right now. And some of our irresponsible leaders are acting crazy right now. Because they don't have the wisdom of God. They don't have the wisdom of God. They are so far from God. Yeah. Although pride is so deceivable, deceptive, the Bible talks about that if you reject the truth of God, and they've rejected the truth. Romans chapter 1 talks about the immorality that they Mm -hmm. support and back. Yeah. Sodomy, homosexuality, cohabitation. How many genders do they think we have? uh, 26 or whatever the crazy number is. You know, there's male and female. That's it. There's always been male and female. There's always been. The whole world still recognizes it. But the United States of America, that is led by, I just about said the word madmen. I think they are. They're mad. They're insane because they've rejected the truth of Jesus Christ. And they support and sanction and they make it legal for sins that God condemns, like homosexuality. It's totally condemned. Yet the psychic is celebrated and the prophet is chastised today. But the psychic, you can call up a witch anytime you want. And get your fortune told. If I remember correctly, that's why Saul died. He sought counsel from a witch or a psychic. 
and he died. That's what the Bible says, that God killed him for it. Mary? Yeah, getting back to that, and yet all this that's going on in the world, the church is still here. Christianity is still here in the world. Christians are still living and worshiping God in the United States of America. So how is it that we have how many millions of Christians in our nation, let's just take our nation for instance, and yet we're ruled by people that are robbing us, that are allowing these laws to come to pass where uh, men can now participate in women's sports. And, you know, that's just one example, the things that they're allowing through the laws, through public policy. And yet there's thousands and hundreds of thousands of Christians that surround these people every day. And the question is, is church, why are you sitting back and just watching it and saying possibly, well, this is the end of days or, well, this is the judgment of God. But could it be that maybe if we all, instead of sitting back and watching and being an observer, that we actually start to become a participator? And the thing that's very frustrating to me as a Christian right now is that I have very little influence and national decisions. Like I was just sharing with you the other day, you know, I'm on all these different lists and people that email me to on the national level, email my congressman in DC or call my congressman or call my senator. And just recently with this big, huge bill that was passed right before the year ended, I felt like the things that I was watching that there had to have been hundreds of thousands of people that phoned into Congress to try to stop that. It was a huge trillion dollar bill called Omnibus Bill. And there were hundreds of thousands of people that called Washington, D.C. and called, like you said, these mad men and women to stop the insanity of taking our nation down financially and ruining our economy, which would mean we become subject to who knows what other nations and then everything else that goes on that you mentioned. And nothing was done. And so like I could have called my senator and I'm not saying don't call. In fact, I'm going to tell you just the opposite. But what I'm trying to say is that on a national level, I feel so insignificant Yes, and making a difference on that level. But the thing is, even though I feel insignificant and I feel like right now these people are not listening to us at that level, they're doing what they want because they've been given the power to do it, which is a whole nother subject matter. Why are they in authority and why have they been given so much power, church? But down to my city level and my county level and my state level, I do think I can make a difference. It, I think the churches in our city, the churches in our county can make a difference, but it's the same exact thing. We have to get off our couches. We have to get off of our church pews. We've got to get out of the four walls of our churches. We've got to start saying this is important. This is something I need to be engaged in. This is something that I need to be aware of. And this is something, church, that we need to be present in. We need to be present in our community. We need to look at our community and say, who's doing the housing stuff? Who's doing the public safety stuff? Who's ordering the curriculum for our school boards? We We have let all of this responsibility go to these city council people, to these mayors, to these county executives, to all of these committees, and there's no wisdom. There's no knowledge. There's no um, beauty of the Lord's words. There's no holiness. There's no righteousness. And there's no light and there's no salt. And they're bringing in more and more darkness. And they're bringing in more and more corruption. They're bringing in more and more 
um, traumatizing things to our children. And so we can, church, I can't do a lot. I can only call my congressman and senator on the national level, but I sure can do a lot on this local level. We can change our schools. We can change our city governments. And so um, this is the thing that I feel like the church has neglected and that can make a difference. Again, this is Dr. Jonathan Hansen, president of World Ministries International. You're watching, listening to the warning radio, television programs, social media. I have with me Mary Solomon, uh, regional director for the National Day of Prayer, also a precinct officer for the Republican Party. And she's authored the book, Government and Its People, How the Church Can Participate in Government. Uh, We are talking today about civic responsibility and the church. What is our responsibility? Well, the Bible is very clear. We have a heavy responsibility. We're supposed to occupy, rule, reign, take dominion, uh, disciple the nations. If we fail to take our responsibility, then evil men, they will take their, what they believe is their responsibility under, if we want to say Satan, to control mankind, to control you. Satan's always tried to control you. He still is. That's what censorship is all about. Controlling you. Controlling me. Taking away our free speech so that they can rule and reign. That's what communists do. That's what they did under Watchman Nee uh, when he was martyred for coming against communism. Dietrich Bonhoeffer coming against Hitler. Uh, And we we could list so many others. Millions have died for Jesus Christ rather than being censored. So, uh, you know, people think, Mary, that they can pray. Now, you're, uh, you know, the regional director for the National Day of Prayer, and I know you don't think this, but uh, people think they can just pray and save their nation, and that is totally unscriptural. Jesus said, pray for yourself that you can do the will of God. Jesus is not coming out of heaven to be an ambassador that he gave you and I when he ascended. Go, Terry, be filled with my power, go and represent me. Go rule, reign, occupy, take dominion. He's not coming out of heaven no matter how much you pray. In fact, you can pray until they execute you because he's not coming out of heaven to the battle of Armageddon. So we need to understand this. Mary? Yeah, um, and the thing about prayer, and I'm, I love prayer, and um, I, like I said, we've done the National Day of Prayer for many years now. I've been part of um, several intercessory prayer groups. I love prayer and intercession, and I know it is effective. And even James says, the effectual prayers of a righteous man or woman does much. Um, but also, James said in that same book, faith without works is dead. Yeah, we, we both believe in prayer. We're trying to get 2,000 intercessors in every nation. I've spoke for the National Day of Prayer seven out of nine years. But yet, I'm talking about people taking it out of context and thinking, all I have to do is pray. Right. Faith I'll tell without you works what, is dead. Yes. Not only that, you're removing all the other scriptures that you're supposed to occupy, take dominion, make disciples, confronting evil. You ignore everything and just pray? That's like saying, I'll just put sugar in a cake. Well, you better put the other ingredients or you're just going to have sugar water. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, not fit to eat. Well, we are not hardly fit in America to survive, and that's why we are self-destructing. The church has got to become alive, Mary. Uh, It's got to be healthy. It's got to be filled with Jesus Christ. It's got to be concerned, like we talked about slavery and sex trafficking. I dare say that many people who think all they have to do is pray, they could care less about people involved in sex trafficking unless it touched their doorstep. 
unless all of a sudden their little girl disappeared. Then maybe their eyes are opened. But that's not the will of the Father that's either. That's not the will of the Father. Yeah. But that is what's going on. We don't seem to care until crisis hits. What do we have to happen? Do we have to come under the judgment of God and millions die? Because I'll tell you, if you understand the science of judgment, so many, not only me, so many have prophesied civil war, a civil unrest, and an invasion. And it's right on the horizon. I'm doing programs all the time with politicians. We are so close that it would shock people to a nuclear war. Do we care? We're going to wait till millions die? What, what, what's going to be the response? How do we wake up the church, Mary? Well, um, I, that's a big, yeah, that's a big thing to do. I, I, don't, I don't think that personally any one person can wake up the church right now nationally except for the Holy Spirit. That's right. And I really believe that it's only the Holy Spirit that can um, pour out his personhood. You know, you, you know that term, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We really do need in this nation an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And I think, you know, it says that the Holy Spirit comes to not only bless us, but convict us. And we need to be convicted. I think of the biggest thing right now in our nation is complacency. Yes. We don't realize how important it is um, to be proactive, be on the alert, and be present, and 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 use your voice and your tools and your gifts for the greater good. Um, it's the church has never been called to just be a bless me club, um, and I feel like or a bingo club. Um, a lot of churches just they there a lot of Christians um, they don't they don't want to offend anybody. But you know what? The gospel is offensive. Truth is offensive, but. Um, um, if we can do this in a spirit of love and peace with our neighbor, but we do. I, my whole thing is church. There's little things that you can do, I'm, and so outside of the outside of a third, or I don't know what, what, what number it would be, great awakening. Outside of yeah. a huge uh, outpouring of God's Spirit, where He um, raises up His apostolic and prophetic servants of God to rise up in signs and wonders and miracles and the power of God. And we need that, and I really believe we're going to have that. So outside of that, in the natural, in the things, the just the unique things that we can do every day to make our little places better and be salt and light, there are really some simple things that you can do. Um, you know, we need to pray, we need to fast, we need to cry out for this outpouring. But then there's other like just natural everyday things that we can do. And there's some few things that I wrote out that if we would just start to do on a local level, um, we could make a difference. We can make a difference so in the natural, we can make a difference in the spiritual, we can make a difference in our communities, we can make a difference in the church, and we also can make a difference in the whole world. Um, but some of the things like I have that is so easy for the church to start doing, and it's so simple, and the first thing really is prayer. And the thing is, you're talking about prayer, and we do believe in prayer, and what's really interesting is how many churches are even praying anymore. Yes, yes. And how many of you are praying anymore, or are part of a prayer group anymore, or are praying with one of your friends anymore? I mean, prayer is the foundation, it's the communication, it's the intercession. Jesus says, I sought at one time in the earth, he said, I sought for a man to stand in the gap. He's still seeking for us to stand in the gap. Prayer really is the strongest thing that we can do in the foundation. But are you praying? I mean, are pastors praying? Are church 
is praying. And then the second thing that I shared with last time I was here is voting. Voting has got to be the most powerful thing right now in government to root out the wicked. And I know about the election fraud and um, that maybe our vote, you think our vote doesn't count because you think it's being stolen. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter even if they're stealing the vote. You're still responsible to vote. You'll still have that accountability before God because he's giving you this responsibility and stewardship. And so you're not going to have that excuse before the Lord when he's given you that authority to put in people of of wisdom and discernment and light and salt, Christian people, and so um, or or even non-Christian, but good people. And so vote is another thing that the church can do. And then another thing the church can do is start um, do, um, emailing. Email people, email your school board, email your mayor, email your city council, email people. When you see something, if you read something that troubles you, email the editor to newspapers. Why is your voice silent? Why is your voice an unknown? You can be known in this community if you even wrote an email, an editorial letter to somebody in a newspaper and tell them you're not in agreement with this. Um, a story, uh, um, and then gather, uh, anyways, let me continue. And then another thing that you can do, this is very interesting and very easy, is right now, um, city councils, county councils, school boards, all kinds of committees do these decisions and, and meetings, and they're open to the public, and you don't have to show up physically anymore. They're all on Zoom now. They're all being streamed. So you can get on a Zoom meeting for a committee and just while you're cleaning the house or you're um, doing stuff on the computer and you could, you know, do the double screen and keep an eye on that meeting. And then if there's something that comes up in that meeting that you know is not good, not healthy, not beneficial for our children and grandchildren, you can just tap in and write, write a comment on it. So easy now. It's so easy, church, for us to have a voice. But one of the things that... um I wanted to share is I have a friend that we worked with that her daughter was on the swim team down here in the Bothell Woodenville area. And um, this particular, I think it was a city, city swim team or school, city or school or combination. Well, she had potential and they were, they moved from Seattle to Mill Creek because of what was going on in Seattle and they wanted to move their daughter out. Well, anyways, they started allowing the men on the swim team, on the girls swim team and in the locker room. And so there were a, a, a boy or two, I really don't know, basically in the locker room with the girls' swim team, identifying as a girl, uh, walking around naked. And she was just, tra- the mother was just shocked, traumatized, like, I can't do this. You can't do this. She went in and said, you've got to stop this. My daughter doesn't um, deserve looking at a man walking around, you know, naked in my, in the locker room. She went to the the, the leaders. She went, she wrote letters. She, I, I believe she wrote letters to the mayor, but she was only one mother. And they said, we're sorry, we can't help you. This is the way it is. And within two months, they packed up, sold their house, and they moved to Tennessee because they their daughter has this 
you know, gifting and this ability on the swim to swim. And they felt that her daughter was going to be her. The thing that she was trained for and wanted to do all her life was going to it was going to be stolen from her. For one thing, they're a Christian family for another. But this is my point of the story. What if she was able to garner a hundred of us to go down to that school, to go down to that city team and those leaders? What if there was a hundred of us that sat with her and said, this is wrong for her daughter? There, she probably it would have, they would have changed their mind, right? So once again, you're listening yeah. to Mary Solomon. I'm going to have to have her back. Regional Director, National Day of Prayer, uh, Precinct Officer, Republican Party, and I'll tell you what you need to listen to this program again and again. Civic Responsibility and the Church. This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen. Again, you've been watching, listening to the Warning Radio Television Program, social media. What can we do? Calling all warriors. We are in crisis. We need another great awakening if we are to survive. We're attempting to gather groups of Christians who are concerned about the attack on our freedoms, are willing to take a stand against what's happening in the country, in the government, in the states. We must expose forces that are attempting to replace our republic under the morality of God, defining the Bible with tyranny, thus communism. Eagles saving nations. We want to fill the stadiums, get back to the word of God, the power of God, the Holy Spirit, where you have the courage to speak the truth and take back America. Go to my website, www.worldministries.org, www.worldministries.org. Click on Eagles Saving Nations. Join today. Let's take back America. We've got to have another great awakening. Or frankly, ladies and gentlemen, it's only a matter of time and you're going to see millions of people dying. I'm not joking. Just tune in with people in the know, military people, people in politics. We are in trouble today. It's because the church is failing. God help us. We need another great awakening. God bless you, Mary. God bless you. Thank you for having me. 360-629-5248 is my telephone number. Call up. You can join Eagles Saving Nations by telephone. Thanks for listening to this episode of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International. Warning Radio is a listener-supported program. We need your donations in order to continue airing these Christ-centered prophetic programs. Send your checks or money orders to World Ministries International, Post Office Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. To donate securely by phone, call 360-629-5248. Visit our website to find other ways of giving and a wealth of information about World Ministries International and host Dr. Jonathan Hansen. The website is worldministries.org. There, you'll also have access to hundreds of previously aired radio programs, made-for-television videos, thousands of articles, Dr. Hansen's books, and travel itinerary. Again, the website is worldministries.org. The phone number is 360-629-5248. 
Tune in at this same time, Monday through Friday, on this radio station for the next exciting edition of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen. Remember, the Lord is not slow about the promise of His return, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for everyone to come to the repentance that leads to eternal life.